For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The countdown is on to the 2022 draft. Philadelphia Eagles on the clock twice. We're here to talk about it for the next two hours. And uh, Howie Roseman is up today to talk about it as well. We'll give you our thoughts over the next two. And then, yes, tomorrow we'll have uh, many thoughts on what Howie Roseman has to say. Jody McDonald, John McDuffmull, and your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Uh, Mac Man, you've been covering the league for a uh, long time, Eagles specifically the last several years here in town. Um, is Howie Roseman going to tip his hand today? Is he going to no, come out and no. pull a, a Ben McAdoo moment, say something no. he isn't about supposed to say, and then go, oh, by the way, can we erase the tape that you guys have about what the birds are going to do no, at 15 or 18? No. Uh, Howie's way too savvy for that. He's been doing this for way too long. He actually, you know, I always joke about how Howie and how he likes to joke. And I think he wanted to be a stand up comedian at some point in his life when he was younger, just, uh, but he bombs. <laughs> the jokes never land. <laughs> and he, he never gets a reaction, but he keeps trying. So, got you, Howie, with, with the jokes. But, he has joked in the past that, you know, he's called certain positions in certain years. You know, he's used the term historical and it hasn't uh, it's kind of bit him in the butt just from that perspective, just from, you know, being very generalized. So he even tries to cut down that now. Uh, I, I know he mentioned back at the, I think it was the, it was the combine. People asked him about the edge rushers and how good the class was at the top, and he kind of mentioned that about getting bitten in the past. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, it's how he, how he's going to speak today. Today, hope Andy Weidel as well. Nay, I assume will be there. Typically, it's it's all three. Uh, we'll see. Maybe the Steelers' interest in Andy Weidel uh, turns the Eagles in a different direction, but. Um, you know, it should be more than Howie as well, but nobody's going to tip their hand. So you try to get more, uh, more big picture answers than anything else. All right. So uh, we'll start there. Do you read into it that if Andy Weidel isn't at today's press availability, that he is all but a lock to get the Steeler general manager? He's in the mix to get the. Uh, you can't ask him a question about it. You can ask Howie, but you know what his answer is going to be. Yeah, I can't yeah. comment on that. No, uh, I think, I, well, I think he'll be there. Uh, I just throw that. I, if, I he's, say, if he's not, my question yeah. is, if he's not, what are you reading into it? Small possibility that they don't want to deal with the, but I mean, he's, again, he's savvy enough too to just deflect it. And, you know, Jonathan Cannon went through this at the end of uh, the regular season. Um, when people, when it was pretty clear he's going to start uh, getting some interest as a potential head coach. Um, and those guys are, you know, that's why the PR staff is there. They're, hey, this is coming. This is coming. Be ready, ready for this. Be ready for that. Uh, so I assume he's going to be there. But if he's not, yeah, maybe you can read a little bit into something. But, you know, Pittsburgh, 
they've interviewed so many different people. I think the number, the last number I summer I saw ago was up to twelve. Um, I know there's a reporter out there, Jerry Dulac, who said he's the leader in the clubhouse. He's pretty plugged in, so I think that kind of sped things up. But I think it was more speculation. He wasn't reporting it. He did it during a chat. And, you know, Andy's a Pittsburgh guy, and his first job was in Pittsburgh. So I think it was more speculation than anything else. But, see, I think, you know, I don't know from your perspective, Jody, and I'll spin it back on you and ask what you want to hear. What I want to hear from the group is, you know, how they've handled this whole process without with losing, losing Brandon, with losing Ian Cunningham. And, and then you have the speculation surrounding Andy Weidel. But, you know, fans are obviously going to want to know, do the Eagles like, you know, Jordan Davis? Do yeah, they like names. Drake Ludden or Garrett? Well, they're not going to do that. I mean, they're not going to do that. I don't know how many years you got to go through this process. They're not going to say, hey, we're going to draft this guy if he's there. I mean, that's not how this works. But – People still want it. I don't, it would, I don't know. It would be, it, that's how we would like it to work, but yeah. it's not the way in actuality that it works. Uh, one last Andy Weidel question. Um, grabbing this position at this time, this happened for another former Eagles executive as well. When Joe Douglas went to the Jets, they let the general manager stick around. And this was Pittsburgh, at least it was understandable. Because the GM said, listen, I want to retire. Over had done a good job for him and said, listen, I'm stepping away. I won't leave the organization in the lurch. I'm not going to quit. Just as free agency is going to start, I'll stay all the way through the draft. But no full well, come May 1st, I plan to be out the door. Uh, so you're going to need to replace me accordingly. That was not the case with the Jets a couple of years ago. The Jets had their general manager in place, let him stick around, make all the free agent moves, let him stick around and uh, run the draft. And then shortly after the draft came down, they said, all right, never mind, you're fired. And Joe Douglas jumped in and took the job. Is that a better position to be in or a lesser position to be in? Because certainly the results of the next year aren't on you. They're on the previous general manager. He made all the moves. He committed all the money. He uh, okayed all the draft picks. So is it the free year that you would like, or do you want to get, hey, if I'm going to jump in and take this job, let me get to it right away, not have to watch somebody else's players play for a year. That's what Andy's Weidel is looking at it. Better position to be in or a lesser position to be in because it's not the way it's usually done? Um, I would think better. I, I would think it's better to get your feet on the ground and evaluate what you have and have some time and before, and, you know, Pittsburgh's a pretty uh, uh, football market as well. Uh, uh, you have a bit of a honeymoon period that's going to end pretty quickly, especially in an organization. I mean, you mentioned the Jets. The Jets are fans are football rabbit as well, but they're used to not having success. Pittsburgh's not used to, to not success, so... You better get that thing. And you don't have a quarterback. Remember, your Hall of Fame quarterback is leaving. And uh, you're planning, and, and I put that in quotations, on Mitchell Trubisky replacing Ben, ben Roethlisberger. So I don't think it's going to be good in the short term. Um, so, But from a, just from a common sense perspective, I, I think it would be a better uh, situation where you had a, had a chance to evaluate what you have. You have is, 
all the new GMs right now who who came in, you know, in January and the draft is in April and they basically got to get to it, um, um, you know, because general because general only when you change GMs, um, you're not only changing uh, the GMs, you're also changing at least a portion of the staff as well. They want to bring in their own guys. And so you have all these new people trying to get on the same page, uh, trying to evaluate um, what they have in the building, what they need, all that kind of stuff. And there's just not enough time and time in the day. And you saw it in a scaled back way because the coaching staff isn't invo- isn't as involved until late in the process when it comes to the draft. But you had it here in Philadelphia last year with the changeover in the coaching staff staff and you know, you're drafting players for players for one group, uh, one guy and his group of coaches, and then all of a sudden you got to change up. So all that stuff is difficult. But I would think, you know, having a chance to get your feet underneath you is always better. I would say I one would of say. the pluses of the still a job is uh, you and I have discussed on many occasions uh, the fact that patience can be a good thing that if an organization is willing to stick with something and isn't always looking for the greener side of the grass and uh, ready to, to make changes and flip things, uh, that if you stay the course, sometimes that can be very productive. And there's no better example of that than the Pittsburgh Steelers in the NFL. They just don't make big changes. The coaching position is the one that stands out more than any three coaches over the last 50 years. Um, but the uh, front office as well, they haven't been a team that drastically changes up there uh, either. So uh, if he gets a gig, he's stepping into a uh, pretty good gig. All right. So how he's going to meet with the media uh, during the 11 o'clock hour today, you jumping on the zoom. No, it's live. It's live. Uh, so I've got to head down as soon as I get up here. I'll pretty much head down to the Novacare complex. Got you. You'll beat it on over there. Um, don't know if you're going to ask it, but I hope someone asks it today. There was a report out yesterday that the New Orleans Saints are going to meet with Jarvis Landry. As far as I know, Jarvis Landry has not met with any team since being released by the Cleveland Brown. There was one media report out there that said uh, Jarvis uh, thinks himself a top wide receiver in the league and should be paid accordingly. Not uh, Tyreek Hill type money, but you want to nudge up to Tyreek as quickly or as close as you can. And he's throwing out a $20 million per year offer. I like Jarvis Landry. I'd like to see Jarvis Landry in a Philadelphia Eagle uniform. He's not a $12, $20 million a year player. This is one where I won't question the Eagles commitment to get into the deep end of the pool. If it's $20 million, shake his hand, wish him luck. Uh, I don't know that I'd be making him that kind of offer, but there have been no reports whatsoever that the Eagles have even talked to him or investigated what he's looking for this upcoming year. The saints are, he's going into new Orleans to meet with them. Is it the food? If uh, you you, want to go down there for better eats, we got some damn fine restaurants right here in Philadelphia. Maybe not New Orleans restaurants, but damn good restaurants just the same. You can't tell me Jameis Winston is that much a bigger draw than Jalen Hurts. You can't tell me the first-year coach Dennis Allen is someone you have to go play for rather than Nick Sirianni. Uh, I'm probably putting the cart before the horse here. The Eagles haven't lost the player and he hasn't signed with the saints yet, but 
Why wouldn't the Eagles be in on Jarvis Landry if the New Orleans Saints are? Well, why wouldn't they be? Uh, uh, we talked about patience being a good thing, a virtue at times. It could also be a bad thing at times. If you're overly patient, I've called it overly disciplined. Look, they need a receiver. They need a receiver. They need a veteran receiver. I, from the Eagles' standpoint, they've kind of shifted their sentiment from – um we need a veteran receiver. What I just said to, Oh, look what these veteran receiver getting paid. We might as well just go the young route and get another young receiver. Having cost effective for four years or three years, four years, whatever. Um, I think that's where they're at now. If the market isn't there now, now you, you said, why would Jarvis Landry? I mean, where did he go to school? Where did, you know, where did, uh, same thing with the honey badger. You know, Jarvis is from Louisiana. Um, what have the Eagles been able to do in free agency? Free agency? Well, they signed Hassan Reddick. Where's Hassan Reddick from? Uh, he's from Camden. They signed Kaiser White. Where's Kaiser White from? He's from McCungie in, in, in Lehigh County. Um, sometimes it's as simple as that, and you don't even have to get to, well, Jameis Winston isn't better than Jalen Hurts, or Jameis Winston is better than Jalen Hurts. But I would say from a wide receiver standpoint, even if you throw all that stuff out, Jody, Jameis Winston once threw for 5,000 yards in this league. Now, he also threw for 5,000 interceptions. I mean, but if you're throwing for 5,000 yards and he's healthy, again, as, and as a pass, purely as a passer, and purely, and purely as a standpoint, we always talk about wide receiver being the most selfish position in sports. Um yeah, I mean, the Saints even have the advantage there. But I would think in the case of Landry and, and those LSU guys, man, they run deep. And then they how never did the, How do the Saints not win the Super Bowl every year with every LSU guy? Well, you can't. Looking you to can't migrate home declare, to the Bayou. You can't just declare I would go there. But if you have an opportunity to go there, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. You saw the same thing happen in Philadelphia, you know. A couple guys who from the area, the area wanted to come home. Same thing happens in other parts of the country. But I, you know, if you have so what, Jarvis, you're tell, what you're telling me is we now all need to start rooting more heartily for Temple going forward because uh, the only way the Eagles can upgrade their roster is getting free agents who uh, played in Philadelphia originally from Philadelphia because well, <laughs> drove through Philadelphia at one time during their life count. For a recruiting inducement tool to get them to sign free agent contracts. I'm saying I'm saying it helped them this year in the situation they are, which I've called a self-fulfilling prophecy. They're the ones saying it's a transition year last year. It's a building year. They're the ones saying we're not ready. I mean, I'm not the one who use it all the time, but they're the ones saying it. The fan base is, is the one saying it. I'm not the one saying it. And that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's where they are right now. Now, and, and Jarvis strikes me as me as the guy. Who, uh, quite honestly, honestly, give him one more dollar, he's going to go there. So the Eagles could could pay the penalty, uh, so to speak, and pay the tax. But they don't seem interested in the player, probably because of the price tag, or or the price tag. Um, now, you, you know, you you can debate on whether these players. You know, I got in a Kirk. Uh, Twitter thing about Debo Samuel last night because because it looks like Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco. 
And people don't understand. They're saying, money, money. Yeah, duh. I know he wants money. The assumption is San Francisco will give him the money, and he still wants out of San Francisco, which makes sense to me because I've been telling you, telling you, Cody, guess what? If you get Debo Samuel, you're not getting Kyle Shanahan. So you better have a coach willing to utilize him the way the San Francisco 49ers have utilized him. It's always it's always amazing. And we're going to have G. Cobb, a former NFL player, after the break. It's always amazing to me the player's mentality that at times and that Debo doesn't seem to recognize that all coaches aren't created equal, all teams. And, you know, if he's just going to line up and play receiver, he's not Debo Samuel anymore. Here's where I think Debo's at. And I, I read the same things that you read, but I haven't talked to Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel hasn't been quoted. So this is just a guesstimation yeah. on your part, my part. He wants to go to a superstar quarterback market. Um, Green Bay Packers. He'd probably like to go play with Aaron Rodgers. Um, yes, Jalen Hurts, unproven still. Hasn't had a bust-out year but he's looking at either a rookie quarterback second year, but his first time ever starting and or an injured Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football again next year. No. Yeah. He's first thing first. He wants to get paid like the other superstar wide receivers, get into the neighborhood of the Tyree kills and the Devontae Adams. But on top of that, I think he wants to dictate. I want to go somewhere where I've got a uh, top five quarterback throwing me the football. That's not San Francisco. But unfortunately, it's not Philadelphia either. So uh, I'm not holding my breath for Debo Samuel. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Mac and Mac, guys. As John just teased you, G. Cobb. Gary Cobb, former NFL linebacker, uh, contributor for Fox 29 here in town. G, We got a G spot coming up next here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Bird Street 65 here with you on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Go ahead and hit that like button, share, and subscribe to Bird Street 65. Because we get guys like Gary Cobb to come on with us, which is always our pleasure. He lends insight whenever he jumps aboard. Contributor for Fox 29. Get his football thoughts at gcobb.com. We're going to get him here today. How you be, G? I'm doing great. Uh, looking forward to this draft. And, of course, everybody's talking and, a lot going on, uh, so uh, you got a lot of things going on in the uh, in the NFL. Seems like uh, maybe it's more active during the off season with, with all of the wheeling and dealing. And of course, uh, it's a quarterback league. Yeah, it is. She. It's always. I tell you know, my wife. We've been together for a long time. She and she asked me, you know, to do this and around the house, house and these. And I tell her every year. The offseason is busier than the regular season. She doesn't believe me. She does not believe me, but I'm not I'm not lying when it comes to all the wheeling and dealing. So before we get before we get the draft, G, uh, I want to start with some of that wheeling and dealing. And I don't know if you heard uh, before when you were in the green room, Jody yeah, and I okay. were talking about player sentiment and, and they're picking when they're getting recruited at the professional level, so to speak. And they're going to pick a team and they have some options. It doesn't seem like the Eagles are on the top of that list these these days. Why do you think that is? As I said, it's a quarterback league. It's a quarterback driven league, and and I think that you have, um, you know, different players who figure, hey, if I'm with a better quarterback, you know, it's going to make life easy for me. And and, and I heard you talking about Debo Samuel. You know, he is a special guy, and I, and I do think that uh, his coach and the, and the way he's able to utilize him, I think he really it makes him, you know, this almost like this new position where you got a wide receiver who they put in the backfield, and he's a running back too. So he's kind yeah, of a, like a yeah. combination of the two. And, and the way they utilize him, I mean, they do a great job with the way they utilize him. I don't know that he's going to be utilized like that somewhere else, you know, because um, you got to have a very creative – coach to be able to do that and I don't think he appreciates um, you know the, the way they utilize him so but you know the, the, the star is always brighter somewhere else he feels like he'd go somewhere else and life's going to be easier on him you know I, I don't know if he's right but I don't blame him for going for the money though I mean no, I don't yeah. blame that part of it but sometimes guys don't realize and don't appreciate where they're at and I, I just think they uh they just do an amazing job of utilizing him in San Francisco. Um, the way he um, is is able to 
you know, I mean, the, the, the guy can just take over a game like few people can. And the way they, they utilize him there, they allow him to do that. And uh, I, I think it's just astonishing the, the way that he is so versatile. He, he is a special player. G. Cobb, we're a couple of years removed from your playing days. Um, but the thing that I, I have to wrap my head around on a day-in, day-out basis is how much the players actually do dictate terms these days. We get it. You become a free agent. You get to pick or choose wherever you want to go. You don't have to wait to be a free agent anymore. You can speak your mind. You get your message out via social media. You can uh, leak information to media guys. And you can dictate where you're going to go. And that's what Depot Samuel and others are trying to do. They didn't do that when G. Cobb was in the National Football League, did they? Uh, It's changed. I mean, it's amazing how far it's changed in that you have players are able to do that. Now, a, a marquee quarterback might have been able to do some of that, you know, with, uh, you know, of course, what John Elway did, you know, when he was drafted and Good point. different Good things point. like that. But you didn't see that anywhere else, you know. And once you got into the league, you know, they dictated to you rather than you dictating to them. And you just did not have a lot of players doing that. Now it just seems like there's so many players that if you're, if you're a pro bowler, if you're a star, uh, star player, you can pretty much just tell, you know, whatever you want, where you want to play at, how much you want to be utilized. Uh, it, it's amazing that the, the, the way it is. But it's, it's a different league. I mean, the way the, uh, the passing game, of course, is, is uh, the most important part of the game. And you see that all of the players that affect the passing game are revered. They are very important uh, because if you're a pass rusher, if you're a, um, a corner who covers the pass, if you're a wide receiver, if you're a quarterback, you know, that's where, you know, those guys make the big bucks. And, of course, the people that protect the quarterbacks, you know, everything is about the passing game, and, and the most important of that is, is the quarterback. And so that's why here I thought that um, what happened with Howie, with Howie getting an extension, I think that that was an important part of what the Eagles' strategy is. You know, with him getting an extension, you notice immediately he moves draft picks back a a year, you know, kind of putting himself in position so that next year he can go after a quarterback. So it's interesting the way all these things work out, but, you know, everything is about the quarterback, and you just kind of have to look and see the strategy. It's – you know, and you got to be right. You know, if you're a good drafter, you know, that, that's probably the most important quality is that you got you can go find talent because if you can go find talent, you can always replenish. And we're going to see whether uh, Kansas City is able to do that because, you know, to trade a guy like Tyreek Hill. I mean, you know, a guy who's hasn't, you know, slowed up at all and you trade him. That's amazing. But they feel confident they can find other talent. Gee, one more question about the player empowerment thing before we get to the weeds of the draft with you. And that's, it's, you know, I who you played a long time, as Jody mentioned, different era, but now you've had your foot in with us, the direct in the media, the well-liked media. So you, you sort of got foot, foots in both camp. Now, when you look at it just in general, for the NFL, you think player empowerment is a good thing or a bad thing? 
Well, you know, I, I, I think it's probably a bad thing now because you got, you know, uh, the, the people in NFL, even more than any other sports league, are young. Uh, that's one of the reasons that in some of the negotiations uh, that young players don't say, think anything about health care. You know, we don't, we don't really have health care in, in this violent sport where you don't have long-term health care. And I, I know I felt that way when I was a young player. My first year in the league, after we play a game, you go like, what's the big deal? Why can't we play another game tomorrow? We, you know, you, you feel like that. But, of course, after you play a number of years, you don't recover till later in the week. And then late in your career, you don't re really recover. <laughs> so, so, so things change. And uh, because we have young players, they don't think like, you know, veteran guys. Uh, baseball's different because they have older players. After somebody's been in the league a while and they're seasoned, they think differently. And because we have such young players, it, it really affects the, the mindset and really um, affects the whole league. And, and that's why, um, you know, things are set up the way they are right now. All right, G and will Cobb, always be. G. Cobb, what is the significance of the number 247 to you? Oh boy, that's I, the number two forty-seven. The significant two forty-seven. You got me. with with the uh, in the ninth round with the two hundred and forty-seven pick. Oh my the God. Dallas Cowboys select ah, Pete Cobb, <laughs> linebacker, USC. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I never really, uh, <laughs> I didn't. That's like that's like one nine. Gary, everybody knows that. That's like yeah, Tom yeah. I, I mean, I, that, that that one got me. I, yeah, I guess I, so. That's the reason why I did that, not to make it look bad, was just to ask a question about what it was like waiting to hear your name picked. You know, you're gonna you're hoping well, to go hoping to the to National go. Football League. You don't know which team when you're gonna be drafted. It ended up yeah. being the ninth round for you, which. Seems like a long way, seeing as they only had seven rounds in the draft. Now they had nine back in 1979. But you yeah. did get picked by the Cowboys. You spent 10 years in the league. So it was a success. But what was it like for you on draft day? Well, you know, of course, it's, it was exciting. Um, wound up uh, being where, you know, it kind of just had to wait and wait and wait. But it, it's exciting for everybody. It, it wasn't uh, like it is now where... Uh, they had all of the media there and you had the, you know, the, the, the first day and the second day and everything. So it wasn't the same hype, you know, uh, you really didn't have the communication that you have now. So, you know, you were excited, but it's not nearly like it is now where you got the whole nation watching and, you know, the NFL has done such a great job of making it such an event that everybody's there watching. It wasn't like that there. I mean, I think I was in class. Uh, when, uh, you know, somebody uh, had called the house, you know, uh, but I had class no, and, you and I might have been working out. You didn't get a text on your phone in class? You, <laughs> they weren't blowing up your phone, G-Cub? No, I'm surprised, was, I'm surprised hey, they let you go to class, G-Cub. There was no phone. Well, um. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I didn't have to go to class, but I did. <laughs> Way <laughs> but, to go, G. But, but but the thing was, it just was uh, just was not the same hype, you know. 
uh, the the the, uh, the football people were communicating about that. You know, over at the football office and everything, guys were talking about you know who went and all that. But around the campus, it's not, it wasn't like it is now. It it wasn't the media thing. So football people were interested, but it wasn't. You didn't have like this event, like where you got this national show and everything. It's so much different now. And then, of course, you know, I mean, you're talking about something that was, I mean, look how many years ago it was, you know, 40-some years ago. So so things have changed. It, it, it just wasn't the same, you know. Uh, I, you know, it was a big deal for, for me, but it wasn't a national event and everything. And it was just the football people around the USC campus wasn't even the whole campus that, that even knew about it. So, uh it was nowhere near the same as it is now. Yeah, it has exploded. It's become a cottage industry. So let's start talking about the draft now, G Cobb. And uh, you know, you you mentioned you mentioned something about the passing game, which is true. Um, you know, in this league, you you either get the quarterback in the modern NFL or you get to the quarterback. So everybody wants quarterbacks, they want pass rushers, they want receivers, receivers, they want as you mentioned, mentioned nobody. I tell Jody all, all this all the time. Nobody cares about the running game. It's April 20th. And by the way, happy, you know, happy certain day to a certain segment that enjoys 420 for people who get that. That wouldn't be me, but happy, you know, if you're one of those people, not you, G Cobb. I'm saying to the listeners, mm-hmm. enjoy the day. Yeah. But Overall, when you talk about there might not be a running back that goes until the third round of this draft, people people have speculated. You know, as a linebacker, we're constantly talking about Jerry Robinson in this time of year. 1979, uh, that's the last time the Eagles have taken an off-ball linebacker in the first round of the draft. Yet December rolls around, and all of a sudden, everybody needs to stop the run. Why has it be, been devalued to the point it has been devalued? Well, you know, uh, everything in the, you know, you, you have trends. You know, that's what happens in the NFL. Uh, coaches copy each other. Uh, you know, they're, they're very insecure. Uh, it's a kind of position where, you know, you, you, you never really know until things happen. So you don't want to be caught, you know, uh, caught napping, as, you, as they say. So... I think a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of coaches, they want to make sure that you know they're either ahead of the wave or they're they're going the way everybody else is going. Now you'll have some teams and some coaches who will say, you know what, I don't mind being the odd guy, so I don't mind being a run-based team. I mean, if you look at Shanahan, you know we mentioned him. He he's always they believe in the run. His dad yeah, believed yeah. in the run. Yeah, they still yeah. believe in the run, and you know, and they've had success. But most coaches are going to go the way the wave is going. And it's all about passing game, throw the ball more, how much you can throw the ball. So that's why, you know, um, the whole thing with the running back, too, the big thing is with the running back, you know, they got the ball all the time. There's a, there's a chance of injury. They're getting hit all the time. If they get injured, then you got your top pick sitting over there I don't think it makes sense to get running backs early because they get hurt. A lot of times you got a, a quality running back and he plays, let's say, first five years, 
Now he's worn out. He's really not the same player anymore. We've seen that. When we see that with uh, so many running backs, that if you give you feed the ball to him a lot, you know he's not going to be around. But uh, drafting backs, I see where it's. I think a lot of uh, coaches believe that we drop we draft running backs late, and we get a number of them. We can always swap them around. And they just don't value running backs like they did in the past where you got a running back who is the feature of your offense. They really don't feature running backs in the offense where the running back's going to carry the ball over 20 times. Very few running backs carry the ball over 20 times. Think about it. Most of the time, they, they are, they've got a shared role and you've got two running backs and they're sharing the ball and, and they're young, you know, because they get hurt. And an old running back is not worth very much because most of the time, you know, they're banged up. They don't have the same burst they used to have. And so I understand where uh, running backs are not valued as much. It's, I, I, I would really like to see the NFL where you've got a marquee running back where they're, they're able to, uh, you know, make their money earlier because if they don't make it early, a lot of times they don't make it because – they get banged up, and uh, it, it, it's, a, it's the kind of position where you really get beat up because the ball is a magnet. You got, your, got that ball here, everybody's coming. And, uh, you know, like Ezekiel Elliott, he got his money. He's not worth it now. <laughs> no, I mean, he's really not worth it because he doesn't have the burst he used to have. So, you know, I, I'm surprised they utilize him as much because – the other kids they have in that offense, they got they get through to the hole and through the hole, and I think at times they uh, Dallas doesn't realize they don't have the same running game because Ezekiel Elliott is not the same back he used to be because he doesn't have the burst he used to have. I I can clearly see it, and yeah. I think a lot of running backs, you know, a veteran running back, you know, it it just you know they they just don't can't get it done anymore. There's something to be said for that old tread on the tires line that people use the tread gets yes, in yes. you're just not as fast as you used to be i g i i want to tap into again uh, a guy who went through it played in the league played for several different coaches i want to ask you about the current eagles coach nick sirianni comes in rookie head coach last year seemed to have win one over the locker room eagles have a winning record make the playoffs now he's going into his second draft he was eagles coach last year prior to the draft but as a rookie guy, I don't think he had a lot of sway. He had a lot of swag in draft room uh, last year. How much more do you think he does this year? The guys he's got to impress are Howie Roseman and Jeff Laurie and the other executives with the Eagles that when he says something in the draft room on draft day, are they going to listen or go, okay, let's get back to what we're going to do. Uh, how much of an impact do you think the head coach is going to have in this upcoming draft for the birds this year? Now, because they had a, a winning season, I, I think that um, that he's going to have some impact. And, and I think he thinks along the way how he thinks, which is what I was saying about the passing game, you know, and the fact that the passing game is the most important part uh, of the game right now in the NFL. So I do think he's going to be able to, you know, have some say. But ultimately, you know, how he is making the call, uh, I think that he's going to stay with his system and as I said, I think they pretty much agree. I think that's one of the reasons he was brought in here is, you know, he was a wide receiver coach, and you know he's into the passing game. I don't think that they're where, they're where they would like to be in the passing game, 
So that's why, you know, they still got the question mark over Jordan, uh, you know, over uh, Jalen Hurts. You know, they still got a question mark over him because they do not have the advancement of that passing game the way really uh, Nick would like and the way Howie would like because they both believe that the passing game is number one. And so uh, I, I think that they, they are going to have, I mean, that Nick is going to have influence because he thinks like, uh, like Howie does. So uh, he'll be able to, let's say, talk about which wide receiver he likes the most. They know that's his expertise. It's a position he used to coach. So I think he'll have something to say about that. And at defensive back, he'll be able to say something about that because, you know, when you uh, coach the wide receivers, you know, you're always looking at defensive backs too. So that kind of goes together. So I think that he'll be able to have some say about that. But ultimately, Howie and his gang are, the, are, the, are going to make the call. Uh, and I think they are going to, you know, probably you're looking at, you know, a cornerback, uh, a defensive lineman, or a wide receiver. That's probably who they're going to get um, in, in this draft. All right, G, let's talk about the quarterback because you bring up good points with the passing game, not only locally with Nick Sirianni and what he was brought in to do, but also the way the league thinks as a whole. So when Howie kicked the can down the road, as you mentioned, after the extension, kicks the one first-round pick in the next year, it told most of us that, hey, he doesn't like the quarterbacks this year, so he's going to push it back and look at the quarterbacks next year, who at least early on look like a better class, and we'll see how that shakes out. A lot of things can happen. Ultimately, though, it does give you that sort of foreshadowing. They still don't believe in Jalen Hurts, no matter what they say in front of when a microphone shows up. You know, the old adage is, you know, you know, don't listen to what they they say, say it's what they do. And the Eagles checked in on Russell Wilson. Oh, he doesn't want to play on the East Coast. Deshaun Watson, we know, um, gets the first five-year fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. So, you know, the Eagles are probably outbid, even if he would consider playing for him, and he wouldn't. Um, can Jalen Hurts do anything to win this job, or did they is he not the type of quarterback, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and I'll even throw Jeffrey Lurie once to lead their organization? Well, you know, I, I think he could be, you know, but he's got to make a major improvement. You know, look, look at the Tampa Bay game. You know, he, he wasn't seeing the field. You know, he couldn't see the field. They, they were taking advantage of the fact that, you know, he, he can't see, you know, um, looking and saying, if you ask him, what coverage are they in, uh, Jalen? Can you see what coverage they're in? I don't think he knew and was able to decipher what coverage are they utilizing against me, you know. And those are the things you've got to be able to do as a quarterback. You've got to be able to see, and, and that way you know where you're going with the ball. Then you've got to be able to be accurate. It's more important to be accurate than to be able to have this howitzer, you know. Because you got to be able to throw that ball accurately. And you look at the marquee quarterbacks. They come up to the line of scrimmage, guys like, you know, of course, you know, the best, you know, where, um, you know, with Brady and, and um, you know, uh, Mr. MVP over there in Green Bay. You know, they come up to the line of scrimmage. They look right away. They know what coverage you're in. 
They already know what coverage you're in. You know, they know immediately. The time they think they get the ball, they already know where to go on the ball. And then they're very accurate. Those two areas are where he needs to improve greatly in order to be that quarterback. Now, if I were, I were you know, just, you know, to say, well, do I say he gets a thumbs up this year or not? I would probably say no. He's not going to shower them with such an improvement that they're going to say, well, they, they shouldn't get a marquee quarterback if there's one they can get in the draft next year. Because a lot of this is just, you know, it's, it's, um, it's intuitive. You know, it's something either a lot of times either a guy has it or he doesn't. You know, you might be able to develop it over time, but to see the field, to be able to recognize a coverage so quickly, it's, it's, it's like a gift, you know, and some guys can do it. Some can't. And then the whole accuracy thing is something that you work on. But, you know, the accuracy is the most important part of a passer because if you're not accurate, you know, you're going to throw exceptions. You're going to miss guys. They're going to be incompletions. So that's going to cost you on third down. Now you're giving up the ball just because you couldn't get that ball there accurately. So, you know, right now, I clearly, they, they, you know, like they could say that they love them all they want. Why did they move to next year? Because there are players that are available this year, but not that marquee quarterback. See, that's that's what's not in this draft. That quarterback that they say, boy, you know, and, and you know, the kid down in Alabama, kid plays like a pro now. He sees the field, very accurate. He's got those qualities. You can see it in him right away. So. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I haven't seen that in uh, in Jalen that where he's able to recognize the coverage all the time. And um, he's able to make that throw and then he's accurate he make the accurate throw. So he'll be able to get better. But, you know, to see the huge jump over one year, chances are, you know, he's not going to make that that big of a jump. Do you mention three positions where the Eagles could use some help, could use some upgrading, cornerback, wide receiver, defensive line. I want to go D-line on you because I know mm -hmm. you understand D-line can absolutely help those linebackers. You stay yes, clean, yes. you make plays. The guys up front uh, occupying blockers makes your life easier. So I know you zero in on that when you watch a game. Yeah. What has Fletcher Cox got left in the tank? Uh, not much. Not much, you know, he really hasn't been, you know, I thought it was just a matter of stamina, you know, maybe they're playing him too many snaps and everything, but he's just not giving them much. Even when they get to the point where they're single blocking him, you know, he's, he's not doing what he used to do, which is if you single blocked him, he was going to take over the game, you know? So really, it was, uh, I was, I was surprised they gave him the money they gave him because what is it like $14 million he's making, right. you know, even though yeah, they clearly yeah. are saying, you know, hey, you're not the player you were, you know, for them to give him that, I, I was surprised because I figured they're going to this draft and they're looking at, you know, I mean, you know, those two kids uh, from um, in Georgia, either one of them, what's it, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, you know, Davis is going to be gone. I mean, the kid Wyatt is a player too. So I would be, you know, I would think that they would try to get him if he's on the board when they draft. And, and, you know, they still value, you know, of course, they're going to make sure they, you know, uh, have one of the best defensive lines in the league. That's what they're trying to do. So 
if one of those guys is there, they're gonna they're gonna try to in, improve their defensive line. But Fletcher Fletcher Cox is not the player he once was, and unfortunately, he's nowhere near it. So I don't see. Uh, like I said, I was surprised that they gave him the money they gave him. All right, last one for me, Gary, and you can follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cobb. Uh, read him online, gcobb.com. See him on the television screen with Box 29. I want to end it with linebackers well, Gary. So the Eagles brought in a Kaiser White, and, and I want mm-hmm. to know as old-school linebacker, do you even recognize these king-size safeties they bring in, these hybrids, hybrids every looking for? And do you feel a soft spot when you see a kid like T.J. Edwards, sort of that 240-pound old-school linebacker who can go seek and destroy? Uh, of course, I love to see good linebacker play. And uh, it's really, um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's the sign of the times where, you know, you, you don't see, uh, well, the Eagles, you know, of course, uh, it's been since uh, 1979, since they drafted a linebacker in the first round. And you're probably going to go uh, another year, even though, you know, uh, there is a chance they could get the, the, the Devin Lloyd, who yeah, is a yeah. special player. And I, I think that there, there is a uh, time when you should draft a linebacker in the first round because if you've got a guy who has got that elite speed, that means he's got to be like 4-5, maybe 4-4. Four, four. He's got to be able to run with the tight ends, the running backs, even wide receivers sometimes. Where if you have a marquee guy, he can make a difference there in the middle. Um, but if if the guy is not that doesn't have that type of speed, then sometimes he becomes a liability. But uh, I I really would like to see you know the Eagles you know uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them grab a, a linebacker early uh, because I I think you need to have a playmaker there at that position. The guy's got to be making a lot of plays. And uh, he's got to have that linebacker instinct where when you got good linebackers, they're always around the ball. They're always making tackles. And uh, you just have to make sure that, you know, they can cover pass-wise now because, you know, the game has changed. Most of the time you got three wide receivers on the field all the time. Uh, and uh, so it, it really is got to be a guy that can run. He, he's got to be able to run. And from what I hear, uh, you know, the kid that they brought in, he can run. Uh, and, and they do. Some of these guys are really safeties <laughs> that that went in the weight room a few days. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they – but the, but you have the um, – you have the game. The game has changed. It's not the same game that uh, we played where, you know, like on first and second down, they were probably going to run the ball. And then third down, you know, they're going to throw the ball. That's the way the game used to be. Now – they could throw the ball on first down. You're not surprised at all. They could throw the ball, you know, three consecutive downs. They're going to have pass type of a set in there where you've got three wide receivers in there on first down. So it's a different game. And the, 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 the linebackers have got to be able to run. If they can't run, they're a liability. You can't have them out there. Uh, G. Cobb, I, again, apologize for running 247 by you before and kind of stuff. Oh, oh no, that's, that, that's the – that's no problem. That's no problem. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I never really thought about that that much, you know, to see. Um, but so that's why you got me on that one. But and, uh, uh, and again, my, my bad. <laughs> I apologize for that. It's so okay. instead, it's okay. Let's finish up with a hypothetical. Yeah. Gary Cobb being drafted in 2022 instead. 
and the NFL reaches out and says, Gary, we'd like you to come out, come up on stage, blah, blah, blah. you get an invite. All expenses yeah. paid by the NFL to go out yeah. to Las Vegas. Now, yeah. we're taking the 22-year-old Gary Cobb, who was drafted, and moving him to 2022. Yeah. What are you doing in Vegas before the day before the draft? They're taking you out there. They're paying the tab. You got some <laughs> downtime. What is the 22-year-old G. Cobb doing in Vegas? Well, you know, I well, you know, I mean, I happen to know a lot of people in Vegas, but uh, uh, I, I probably would go out. You know, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go get me a good meal. I'm going to go out and check out the uh, casinos and things and see what's happening. Uh, just to go out and and, and see. Uh, I might go see one of the shows. They got some great artists that are always out there. It's a good time every time I go out. You know, go out there. So uh, I probably go out and you know uh, enjoy the nightlife a little bit and uh, get ready to get drafted. There you go. And uh, he was drafted, yeah, a couple of years ago, 40. Uh, and uh, put 10 solid years into the league. He's been a state. 11. Philadelphia. 11. 11. Oh, shit. I, I, I shortchanged you. My bad. It's okay. It's First, okay. I hit you with 247, and I chopped the year right off your career. That's, that's, all, right. that's, all, that's, all, that's all my bad. Uh, no, gee, we appreciate it whenever you come on. Thanks for coming on today, bud. Enjoy the draft stuff. We'll get you on after the draft goes down. Sounds good. That's uh, Gary Cobb here with us on Birds 365. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac guys. Come back. I uh, got a couple more things I got to run by uh, Johnny Mac leading up to the media availability today by Howie Roseman. What do we... At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Johnny McMullen, Jerry McDonald, Mac and Mac on Bird Street 65 Yard, the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You stick around all day long. We're going to have uh, the guys in the middle coming up with you. R D. What, what we, I, R-B-D. R-B-D. Yeah, you got to get used to it uh, instead of R-B-D. So we got Rob Ellis. Uh, B would be Rick Brooks. And D Big would Barrett. Derek Gunn. Uh, the, the sports take at 12 to 3. Dan Cilio show the national uh, football show 3 to 6. And we kick it all off here, Jody. Earth 365, Jody McDonald and some other guy. Yeah, the, the other guy who didn't uh, shave a year off Gary Cobb's career. Uh, <laughs> that would be John McMullen. And by the way, uh, again, always like catching up with Chiefs, fun dude. And he knows his stuff inside out as a former NFL player. What do you think the percentage of players are that have ever played in the National Football League? And it's an ever-growing number because we got more teams than we ever did now. And you got practice squad guys who can jump right in and play. And uh, doesn't mean they're going to have a long and prosperous career, but they can say they played in the National Football League. What do you think the percentage of guys who played 11 years in the league is. Oh, not, not a lot. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to start, but I'd say, I'd say 10% or lower. I, I would say less than 10. I was going to say somewhere between five and 10. Yeah. Uh, percent of the players. Low. So if, if you're in that group, uh, that, that significantly small group of players who logged 11 years in the league, that's an accomplishment. And, I shaved the year right off of him. So I need to <laughs> apologize for that to, to Jeep Cobb. All right, J-Mac, uh, Harry Roseman's going to talk to the media today. You guys will fire whatever questions you can come up with that will try and give us at least a hazy picture of what the Eagles are going to do with the draft. How much of the concentration of today's media session, and we'll surely be talking about it tomorrow here on Birds 365, is going to be on what the Eagles haven't done in free agency yet so far this year. No, they got it on Reddick. I really do like the Kazir White signing. The bringing it back, running it back, Derek Barnett, Anthony Harris signing is not exciting anyone. It's not exciting me, and I don't think it's exciting many people. I know at the owners' meeting, Howie did say this is a marathon, not a sprint. The offseason is a we're a long time before week one of the NFL. Oh, I can tell you exactly how long. Uh, 114 days before uh, the first Sunday in the National Football League. Uh, how is Howie going to dodge the questions about how, you know, you haven't really upgraded the roster all that much this offseason. You better hit some home runs during the draft. How's that going to go today? Well, you've already seen it. I mean, how he got some of those questions at uh, um, the combine 
than at the league meet as well. So, um, you know, he he's always what you just said. He constantly goes back to this is a long process. This is uh, talent gatherings. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. He's in August. He'll talk about trades and trades in the past. Ronald Darby. Uh... We've been able to add players later in the process, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. You talked about uh, G Cobb doing playing in the NFL for um, um, years. Well, Howie Roseman's been a GM for a long time as well. Um, and with uh, experience comes a little bit of wisdom or whatever you want to call it, but it's, it's, uh, he's certainly able to handle things like that. So, you know, it's, try to phrase things. If I were going to talk about that, I'd say, obviously, you know, when you start free agency, you have a plan. Um, plans don't generally go in this league the way you want them to, because he's not going to talk about specifics. He might talk about Calvin Ridley or somebody like that because he got suspended. But obviously things haven't gone the way you projected or wanted. Or wanted. Uh, how does that shift your thinking in the draft? Maybe you can get him to, say something that way that's how you gotta you gotta whittle with things and and phrase things to potentially get information out because again it's not going to be about specific players now look some knucklehead's going to say hey what do you think of so and so and they're you know they might give you a couple says but um that's how i try to go about these things try to get them to talk about themes and uh, what's going on with the team. And even that's probably not going to work, to be honest. I had one question I hope is asked today, and I'm pretty sure it will be. Um, I got a text yesterday from this McMullen guy in the middle of the day who told me that the details had come out on the Rodney McLeod signing. Yeah, that, he that much. <laughs> a one-year deal for less than $1.8 million. What is even the veteran minimum for a guy who's that's... been in the league that's that probably it? it. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Rodney's 32. We taught it. He's got two ACL injuries. There wasn't going to be this big um, push for him anywhere in the league, and that's proven out to be. And I don't think the Eagles, Eagles made a bad decision. Uh, on. They said, we're going to keep – that's basically a part of their plan that went went to plan in the fact that they came into the process and said, we're going to sign one of them. Uh, they, they signed Anthony Harris. They thought he was the better option. I kind of, and I kind of, uh, and by the way, I didn't think they would sign Anthony Harris. I thought they would sign Rodney McLeod because of the, you know, romanticism of, of his, uh, you know, work in the community and what he's meant for the organization. Whereas Anthony just got here. So I think that was a prudent football decision. But now we got to see the back end of that. Like, okay, that was your plan. You're going to sign one, but then you got to get another, another safe. 
and whether that's going to be Honey Badger after the draft or it's going to be a draft choice, um, you have to see how that part of it shakes out. But yeah, I I mean, I don't have a problem with them not bringing bringing. Uh, if, if he signed for the veteran minimum, the one thing that we're ninety nine percent sure of is the Eagles didn't even make him an offer because uh, yeah. Rodney was a good Philadelphia guy, charitable work here. Um, seemed to really enjoy being a Philadelphia guy. So if he was going to have to settle for the veteran minimum, it'd be better to settle where you already settled. And that would have been right here in Philadelphia. So if the Eagles didn't even come up with a veteran minimum offer, they were, as you just stated, married to the idea of we're bringing one back and we're upgrading the other position. And when they signed Anthony Harris, they had already declared which of the two they were bringing back, which by the way, I disagree with you on the football side. I think Rodney, Rodney McLeod will have a better year this upcoming year than Anthony Harris. I know he's getting old and neither one. They're both one-year commitments, so the comparison is exactly the same for both. I, I think Rodney's got a little bit more in the tank. I, I saw improvement over the course of the year, so I think he was still recovering uh, from the year. Now, if Rodney goes out and blows out his knee week two, I'm going to have to eat crow here because that should be part of the analysis you do. What is the chance the guy's going to break down on us again? And yes, Rodney is much more a candidate to do that than Anthony Harris. But I just thought if you're talking about who do you think can, can perform better in the 2022 season, I, I would have rolled the dice with uh, Rodney McLeod. No romanticism attached to it. Just the fact I think he's got a little bit more in the tank than does Anthony Harris. But that's my football evaluation. Uh, you threw out the name of the one DB who's still out there who could absolutely upgrade the uh, safety position for you. And that's the honey badger. No talk, no movement, no more whispers about him going in and meeting with a team. This has officially been shut down till after the draft, hasn't it? I think so. And I think that's from Tyrant's standpoint as well. He would rather see the situation of a team maybe gets a little bit desperate because that's what happens after the draft. You go in there and say, okay, we want to get a safety. There's not a ton of safeties in this draft that you can say, they might be good long-term projects or prospects. Uh, uh, but as far as guys you want to play right away, which would be uh, the Eagles would be in that category and a number of other teams. Well, you're talking about Kyle Hamilton. You're talking about uh, the kid from Mich Michigan, Michigan Hill. And then, you know, there's Lewis Seen. Uh, you know, Penn State's got a good safety. There's a couple good prospects, but – other than the top two, you're not saying, oh, this guy's going to start right away and be a, a star. Hey, a couple years ago, Antoine Winfield Jr. came in as a second-round pick, hit the ground running, and became a really, really good player. Um, so it's not like it can happen, but I don't know if you can go into that and be, com be comfortable with one of those other names and say, all right, no doubt about it, this guy's a starter. So uh, then you get to the depth desperation mode that's where a guy like maybe uh matthew can you can better deal after the draft and you know the eagles perspective is probably well let's see if we can get the cost effective option and if we can't we'll go back and then we'll see where the market is so each side is sort of gambling a little bit on on what's going to happen we'll see how the safety position shakes out for the birds 
chances are if they're not getting Kyle Hamilton, which you and I can both cross our fingers and uh, hope and believe that he's actually going to fall down to 15 because we're both big fans of his game. Um, I don't think they're going safety with either of those two picks at 15 or 18 if Kyle Hamilton is not the guy. I did see a uh, consensus mock on CBSSports.com today, which a lot of times are actually, at least from my uh, taste, better because any one guy can have a great mock or a bad mock. You don't know who it is. and like. But if you use several and just do a consensus divide between where they're picked up, I, the, the, these ones seem to be closer to actually what happens on draft day. And CBS used 12 of their guys to come up with a consensus mock draft. And here were the Eagles picks at number 15, Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, who could fall down to number 15 because he's coming in off the injury at the end of the season. A lot of people had him ranked before the injury as the number one wide receiver in this draft. So if you're getting a player of that mm, former ranking and rating, that's not a bad deal at number 15. And George Karloftis from Purdue edge rusher coming in at number 18. If those are the two picks that the Eagles end up with, John McMullen, how do you think they did? I I, I would like that. I'm a big fan of uh, Jamison Williams specifically. And, you know, the Eagles have kind of said it's not about this year, right? So I'm willing to wait for the best re- receiver in the draft. Um, so I like that part of it. You know, Carlotta, this is interesting because um, I think it's a need. Uh, I think it's a good player. I haven't, I haven't got sense that the Eagles have tremendous, tremendous in them as opposed to the other edge rushers. Now, maybe that's the subterfuge and maybe they're trying to throw people off. Um, so we'll see how that shakes out. I think it would be a good pick for the Eagles. I don't think, I don't think the Eagle like them, but that's just my speculation. Um and we'll see how that shakes out. But um, I, I think it, on a, on a personal level, I think it would be a, a good haul in the in the first. And and I'd be really excited about uh, Jamison Williams. All right, let me ask you about the wide receiver position because uh, that is something the Eagles are going to consider. We continue to point out that Zach Pascal is the veteran wide receiver that they've added to this point, no matter how many guys they were quote unquote in on or attempted to acquire or talk to, or made free agent offers to the addition so far has been Zach Pascal, the teacher's pet of the coach. Um, so if they take a wide receiver with one of their two first round picks, nobody's going to be too surprised. Um, if you want to, you could put Jahan Dotson in the mix and make it, six deep uh, from uh, Penn State. I I draw the line more so at five. I think Dotson is the sixth, and there's a little bit of a drop-off. If you disagree with me, please tell me so. But rank the top five wide receivers for me. Um, I don't want to put them in an order because I don't want to try and influence you. I think you know what five receivers I'm talking about. How would you rank them for the Eagles? Not not overall, but – fit for the Eagles, because that is a bit of a factor. You can't just dismiss that. I don't put as much stock into it as some other people do, um, but give me your ranking of the wide receivers. What do you think the Eagle draft board is going to look like at wide receiver come day one of the draft? 
you know, I try to take my biases out of this because, you know, I've said, look, I don't want Drake London, but it partially is because of, of JJ. Or, and, and that's and that's not London's fault. Uh, and I don't want Traylon Burks because partially because of Jalen Rager, and that's not Traylon Burks' fault. But for the Eagles, I would say Jameson Williams, one. Clave, two. <clears throat> Garrett Wilson, three. Drake London, four. Uh, Traylon Burks, five. And well, I gave you the reasons on, on Drake and Traylon. I like Olave's route running better than Wilson's. And I say it all the time. I want route runners, man. I Until I have a coaching staff, until I see a coaching staff that can take advantage of manufactured touches and manufactured stuff, I want route runners. Because I know route runners can get separation and get open and just put them out at their normal positions, and they can be effective. So that's why I'd lean towards those two guys, Williams and Olave, more than the other three. Yeah, um, we're close. We've, we've got number four and number five in the exact same order. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is the best wide receiver in this draft. He's a combination of the things you mentioned. If Olave is a better route runner, which I'm not sure he is, uh, but if you even work with that assumption to start, Wilson's got more explosion. Wilson gets behind defenses. I, if you're going to use a first-round draft pick again, uh, get us a guy who actually does make big plays rather than we're projecting he makes big plays like Jalen Rager. And Wilson was the bigger playmaker this year for Ohio State uh, over Olave when they were paired together on the outside for the Buckeyes. So I would take Wilson one. I would take Williams two. And yeah, probably would have been Williams one, but the injury is the injury. And wide receivers certainly come back from that injury. Most of them do. Not all of them do. And that's why there's a little trepidation. And that's why I put Wilson ahead of Williams. Olave three. I've gotten calls on WIP about, oh, Drake, the Eagles need a big wide receiver. They need the Alshon Jeffries replacement. Do people forget that Alshon... When he first came in, didn't exactly light the world on fire. That after the Super Bowl, he sure as hell didn't light. He lit teammates on fire more than he did the world on fire. That the, the Alshon years here had certain high points. Agreed to that. But people have just forgotten about the low points, which, oh, by the way, that doesn't even matter because it's a different person we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. That they need to draft a guy purely because he's two inches bigger and has an extra inch in his catch radius on each end. And no, give me the player who's better. Give me the player who's achieved more. Give me the player who's got a uh, better ability to get open. That's why I like all three of the other wide receivers rather than uh, London. And I'm glad to hear you said uh, you, you, you kind of, well, uh, I'm uh, assuming here, because I know we're early in the process when the draft after the season ended, we started talking about wide receivers. You kind of like Burks, and I don't remember if I you still like, like him individually like him. or you like him. I don't like him Eagles. for the Eagles. I still like him as a player. I don't like him for the Eagles. Like, um, like if 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 San Francisco has to trade Debo Samuel, I want him in San Francisco. 
Okay. Well, that, that I would understand, but there's only one San Francisco in the league. There's only one guy who's done with Debo what he's done. So there's 31 other teams that may uh, end up with Burks and good luck with them getting the most out of it. Yeah. I, I think that's a bit of a reach as a first round pick. I think he's a reach. He would be a reach for me for every team, but San Francisco, as you just stated, because they've already proven they can do things like uh, that were done with him in Arkansas. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see separation from him. He's got the good catch radius. He's got the good size, and yes, he's got a little uh, girth to him. If you hand him the ball, he might actually be able to break uh, break a tackle. The NFL doesn't do that much. Uh, no, they don't. Does. But I, I do think it is an evolving position, um, and I do think there's a sliding scale. You're right. San Francisco's at the top of it. Top of it. But I do think there's other teams that could at least utilize it a little bit better than certain other teams that are local or have not been not proven to be able to take advantage of that. Um, like everybody throws the bubble screen. Forget about the San Francisco stuff. Everybody throws the bubble screen. It's the most annoying play in football from my perspective because I have to watch the Eagles run it all the time. And it's the ugliest play in football when it doesn't work. When it does work, work. It's pretty good. Um, everybody runs it. And there are teams that, so there's sort of a sliding scale. And I think this is, we talked about with G. Cobb evolving linebackers, you know, they're really, they're really they go in the weight room, he said, you know, for a couple of days. Um, same things happen on the offensive side of the ball. More and more teams will start to go in that direction and, and they'll get better and better, better at it. So this is sort of, you're right. It's a bit of a projection. You know, you haven't seen a ton of success with it, but you see a ton of success with it at the college level. And that's where stuff I always, I always say, it's the opposite of the real world. Innovation trickles up. It doesn't trickle down. Um, you know, the innovative people are at the college level. And some people will tell you the real innovations at the high school level when it comes to off offensive football. Um, and it's a slow, slow call up, a slow move up to the NFL, but it's starting to get there. And players like Traylon Burks are going to be more and more important to every team, not just San Francisco. Yeah, but the problem with uh, taking things from college and or high school, you get to the NFL, you got bigger, faster defensive players out there. They just yeah, are. That, no, no doubt. It's a higher level, but the themes are already here. I mean, NFL offense, offenses, they used to, you know, behind the scenes, they would say, you know, oh, you hear the gruff talk. That's college bullshit, bull bleep, blah, blah, blah. You know, now it's like, uh, we better do or do this or do that because we're getting left behind, left behind. And all of a sudden you start talking about, you know, people complain about, well, quarterbacks can't go through their reads. So now they're starting to. Well, they can't do that, so let's do what they do well. Get All that ball. stuff, zone reads. Um, it's already the shift has already begun, Jody. It's not. It's it's becoming more and more like college football by the day. I don't like it. I think it's an ugly brand of football. I don't like it from an aesthetic standpoint, but it's coming. So you either embrace it and get good at it, or you're going to get left behind. Key thing you said there is get good at it. And at least the way I observed the Eagles last year, they weren't good at it. No, they weren't. And, they weren't. oh, by the way, they've got certain guys on the offensive line who should be real good at it. Jason Kelsey, 
We were told they got really good blocking wide receivers, which is a key to bubble screens and getting the ball out quick. J.J. Arcega, white side. Why didn't it work for the Eagles? Oh, maybe it was because the guy who was catching the ball just wasn't really all that good, Jalen Rager. All right, quickie time out here. Come back. Our boy Ed Kratz scheduled to join us. Uh, Mr. Eagles Maven on Sports Illustrated. He's heading down to the uh, Novacare Complex to hear from Howie Roseman as well. Ed Kratz next here on Birds 365. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got Jody McDonald, John McMullen, and our co-compatriot there. From Sports Illustrated, uh, Eagles Maven, uh, Ed Kratz here with us. What were you drinking, Kratz? Uh, just a little bit. Take a guess. My Yeti Let's, mug. Uh, a little coffee there, I would have said. A little coffee, yeah. yeah. Not, not happy not hour bad. yet, I'm afraid. Not I happy thought, hour thought yet. Maybe you were going stronger yeah. on us. I'm glad yeah. to hear it's just caffeine. Well, it's pretty strong. It's, 
It's pretty strong coffee. Give you the uh, Yeti mug back in the day. Carson was a big Yeti guy. (laughs) No, I think this just was, you know, just a Christmas present from someone, one of my kids. I thought it was Carson. That's why. No, no, he's not one of my kids. (laughs) All right, Kratz, I got to give you credit because uh, you're going down with the ship. Uh, your latest uh, article on SI once again. What if the Eagles were to take a quarterback in the first round? Yeah. Good for you. Even though you're just woefully wrong, you, you, <laughs> you're, you're not getting off that ship. You're going down with it. And I appreciate your stick to itiveness. Yeah. Now, all aboard the SS Minnow, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, hey. Uh... You know, you know, how many darts you want at the dartboard? It's just, again, it's just, it's just such an unpredictable draft. Um, you know, and I kind of couched that, Jody, the trade or the drafting of a quarterback with a trade up into the top 10. Uh, you know, if, if Ahmad Gardner is still there uh, after the Panthers probably take Pickett or Willis or whoever at quarterback, then the Giants are on the clock and, you know, the Eagles and Giants don't have a great trade history together. I think they made a deal back in 2018 that landed the Giants, the immortal Ramsey's Barden, the wide receiver, uh, in the third round. And the Eagles got a couple extra picks later, which they eventually dealt for other picks. But, uh, you know, who's to say they couldn't? I know the Giants, Joe Schoen, the new GM there, He there's a lot of talk about him wanting to trade out of that spot and move down and pick up some extra collateral perhaps next year. So who's to say the Eagles don't try to jump up and grab a Mod Gardner at seven if he's still there? I've seen mock drafts where he's gone in the top five. Uh, again, the unpredictability of this whole draft is probably more so than it's ever been in my years covering the draft. Um, you just can't get a consensus on the top ten guys, and you know the quarterbacks are a big reason why. So who's to say if the Eagles don't trade up and maybe they have to send one of their first round picks that they got from the Saints last, or, you know, for next season? I don't think they'll do that, but what if they do? And then they'll say, you know what? We really like Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis or who's ever Kenny Pickett, if he's still there at 18, then we grab him and we accelerate our quarterback timeline and we start developing him along with Jalen Hurts. That's all I'm saying. By the way, you talk about the history, about the history. You have to run Brandon Brown's there now. So maybe that changes things as well. He has a, a good relationship with, with Howie Roseman. So maybe those avenues are are more open. I do think there's a chance the Eagles trade up, but I think it's going to be very targeted, very much like last year. If they have four or five players on the board and there's only one left that they really, really like and they think it drops off to the next tier, then I think you could see a Devontae Smith-like move. And I, I get the feeling, I get the sense it's one of three players. You mentioned one. Gardner, Gardner, the other two would be Jordan, David, David, Yvonne Thibodeau. Um, and I don't think Thibodeau is going to fall that far. Um, so that would leave Jordan Davis and maybe as an outside chance, Derek Stingley. I haven't gotten a feel how much they like Derek Stingley, but they obviously have a significant need at the position. As far as that kind of targeted move up, and last year they gave up, what was it, a third-round pick to go up and get Devontae? They went up two spots. I could see that. I think that would be the Howie modus operandi. If he were to go up a couple spots, you like that group of players, name for the Eagles? 
Yeah, I do. I, you know, listen, I, I keep coming back to last year when the Eagles really liked Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn yeah. and tried to get up to take one of those guys. I mean, they had a list of five players they liked in the top ten, and they were two, and K, um, Kyle Pitts was another. Um, and, and then, of course, Devontae Smith, he was one as well, you know. and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, right, was, and Waddle. And those four were gone, so that's why they made that move up, was to get one of those players that they had a top ten grade on. And didn't cost them too much to jump up too. Now, you know, if you're going to trade up, maybe a small move, if, you know, Jordan Davis starts to drop, or even Kyle Hamilton. Again, there's another, you know, unpredictable name in this draft is the safety from Notre Dame. Is Where's where is he going to slot in here? Um, but maybe the Vikings at 12, they can investigate, you know, maybe a three-step jump to get to the 12th pick with the Vikings. If, uh, you know, one of these guys, maybe they had a top 10 or top 12 grade on is still sitting there. But, again, you know, my feeling on trying to trade up and get up as high as you can get is to get a cornerback. I'm not sure about Stingley. We had um, uh, Mark Dominic, the former yeah. uh, front office executive. We talked to him on a conference call yesterday, and, you know, he likes Stingley better than Gardner. He thinks he's got a better ceiling than Gardner has, you know, and, and it's based on that 2019 tape. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm not ago. sure. Yeah. yeah. But, Again, if there's Stingley and Gardner and you like those guys as top 10 picks and you missed out as the Eagles last year on Horn and Sertan, then what's to say they don't try to make a bold move up to get one of those corners because they missed on two last year. And it's a clear need that they have not only to play opposite Slay this year, but Slay's in his 30s now. He's, you know, he's costing them a big dime. You're going to eventually have to replace him, too. So, you know, why not make that bold move up if you can? If Stingley and Sauce both come off the board too high for a spot that the Eagles do be able to trade up to, I think there's a bad chance Eagles trade down and trade up. And I think it's got a chance to be like John just described the trade up comparing to last year's. I think they're going to try and do something similar here. I think they don't want to get too far down from 15, but if they were to drop down to 17 and still stay ahead of the Saints, they'd give the Saints the leg up on them for one pick, but they'd stay ahead of them for another one, um, get the old back-to-back pick thing working for them, which gives you some flexibility in the life. I, I don't know what the Chargers' desire was going, would be, maybe for a wide receiver. I know they re-signed Williams, but I think the Saints are probably going wide receiver. Uh, I think there's a better chance the Eagles trade back a couple of picks then trade up a couple of picks. How about you, Ed? Yeah, I, I can see that, Jody, for sure. Maybe staying put at 15 and let the draft come to them, um, see how it unfolds, and then just take, you know, a player that you have, you know, targeted in, the, in that range at 15. And then with that 18th pick, perhaps move back a few spots, maybe with the Packers. You know, they probably would like to have a wide receiver after losing Devontae Adams and uh, Marcus Scandrick uh, Valdez or, you know, whatever his name is, John. Valdez Scantling. Right, those hyphenated names always give me trouble. But um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I could see that, Jody. I could see them maybe going maybe Packers, maybe the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs have two picks at the end of the first round, um, and then maybe trying, you know, getting a, an early second round pick in order to do that, and that kind of gives them another pick in a in a pretty good range in the top fifty or fifty one because they would pick at fifty one. So yeah, I could absolutely see that and. You know, maybe if they trade back, then they target someone like, you know, a receiver like George Pickens uh, from Georgia or even a safety, dare we say. Uh, you know, I'm high on Dax Hill. I have been from from the jump. Uh, I think he'd be a great fit 
uh, for this defense. But the Eagles just never draft safeties in the first round. But maybe their feelings changed on that. Of course, we say that every year with the linebacker, and they never take a linebacker either. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, today's the day Howie Roseman is going to speak, Nick Sirianni. And by the way, Jody, Jody, you'll be in this. Andy Weidel is out sick, so he is not going to. Oh, out sick is he? Uh, But... Conspiracy? Are you? Yeah, we got oh yeah! Oh yeah! I'm going there. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, uh, have interviewed Andy to be their general manager. Kevin Colbert is retiring after the draft. Jerry Dulac, who's uh, one of the most plugged-in Pittsburgh uh, reporters, uh, has already speculated that Andy is the leader in the clubhouse. So we'll see how things shake out. But it is a little bit strange. So hopefully, Andy's okay. Uh, hopefully. It's just non-COVID, COVID, and all that kind of stuff. But so, so Hacker speaking today, and that's why you got to get out of here a little bit early, Ed. Um, what do you want to hear from them first and foremost about this particular draft? Understanding they're not, they're not. Hey, we're going to take Jordan Davis. What do you <laughs> want? What do you want to get out of the Eagles brass about this draft process? I'd like to probably follow up a little bit more on the linebacker uh, position. I know out in, at, in Indianapolis at the combine, how we talked about, you know, the needs for the defense have changed a bit with Jonathan Gannon uh, in the head chair there at the defensive coordinator. So he mentioned linebackers could, could possibly be in play. And, you know, again, here we go. They haven't taken one, but if Devin Lloyd is sitting there or, or even the Kobe Dean, I love Lloyd. I mean, that guy, you know, eight, what do you have eight sacks, four interceptions last year? He can cover tight ends, but I would kind of like to drill down a little bit on the linebacker and how they feel about those two linebackers in particular. And if yes, as they get closer to the draft, that they feel that those two guys could be in play based on what Jonathan Gannon likes to have. Uh, and even the safeties, you know, um, you know, I've seen Lewis seen the Georgia safety mentioned uh, as a possibility as well for the Eagles. Um you know, Dax Hill. I mean, I'd like to kind of bear down a little bit on the safety and the linebacker spot. And if things have changed, not only within their building, but within the NFL in general, when you look at, you know, some of the money the safety's commanded in the in the offseason, doesn't it make sense now to kind of bring somebody in on your own to have under control for four or five years and let develop in whatever system you're running? So that's kind of what I want to hear a little bit about. And then, of course, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of receiver talk. You know, do the Eagles have enough there? Are they really going to take a another receiver in the first round for the third straight year and, you know, go down the same road. Matt Millen went down that led to his uh, departure from the lions in 2008 after he took four receivers in five years. I mean, you just can't keep doing that. Um, But I get it. I get why they would do it. They want to put some stuff around hurt. So, you know, wide receiver, certainly another area that I would like to see explored with Howie and company today. I took a little bit of a shot from one of our loyal streamers on the comment section today that I don't like big wide receivers because I said I don't like big wide receivers because they're big. If they're big and they can play, oh, if they're Calvin Johnson, I love those type of wide receivers. I just think there are a couple wide receivers in this draft that are better wide receivers than the bigger guys, which are uh, London and and Burks. Um, I I don't want to go wide receiver yet. I want to finish up with safety. We have seen that the two Eagle safety starters last year both went into free agency, both as per the market, 
were given one-year contracts, one to come back to the Eagles, the other one to go to the Colts, and Anthony Harris got a better payday out of it than Rodney McLeod did. Those numbers came out on McLeod's deal yesterday with the Colts. Very comparable, and they both got one-year contracts. Did the Eagles keep the better guy? And we know they kept the more expensive guy. The million-dollar and change difference isn't going to exactly move the needle. And, oh, my God, the Eagles are in cap hell now because they gave Anthony Harris $3 million. So I don't want to overstate it, but he did get more than McLeod. Eagles make the right decision if they had decided ahead of time. We're re-signing one. We're letting the other one walk. Did they get it right? I, th- I think in theory, you could say they got it right. You know, we'll, we'll see how that translates onto the field. But, you know, again, Harris is younger by a year, year and a half. Uh, he doesn't have the injury history McLeod had. And, you know, at the end of the season last year in Tampa, w- when their season ended in the playoffs, you know, Rodney talked about how it was kind of a struggle with the knee, you know, coming back from the knee. And, you know, he, he lost a step. Let's face it. He wasn't the same player on the field as he had been in previous years. So, you know, Harris doesn't have that that injury limitation, or, or you know. So I think that yes, in theory, they probably made the right call taking Harris or re-signing Harris over Rodney McLeod. Now, I, you know, I love you know Rodney was a great player for this organization. Clearly, you know they lost him and Brandon Brooks, the two big free agent stars from 2016 that helped them win a Super Bowl. McLeod was the guy that broke down the team, you know, in the pregame uh, on the field huddle after warm-up, so they're going to have to find somebody else to do it. But I just think physically uh, Harris was the correct signing. We'll see if that plays out on the field if, uh, you know, he does prove to be the better signing. Because, you know, we'll be watching the Colts this year with McLeod there and, uh, you know, some of the other players that they have, uh, obviously Frank Reich. So we'll see McLeod and we'll see Harris and we'll see who has the better season. You know, understandably so. So we talk about drafts that focus, you know, they get hyper-focused on this draft 2022 and it's pretty obvious the eagles uh, have a longer term plan and and the, and the fact that spun off one of their three first round picks um into next year with the saints they were able to get that accomplished which we all speculated they probably wanted to do so how he gets a check mark mark for that um brandon graham was on with us here jacob media yesterday on the sports take show uh, and and BG, well, we saw BG back in. He looked like he was ready to play. To play, remember? I mean, he was moving around. around well, he was his uh, usual abusive self, but he indicated he wants to play three more years. He wants to get to fifteen years in the NFL, which would be quite the career. We were just talking about about we had Harry Cobb on. He made it to eleven years. I don't know if I can see BG making a fifteen here. Next, this upcoming season will be year number 13. How much does the futures of players like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, these entrenched players who are, let's face it, they're closer to the end than to be in the beginning. How much does that affect, affect this draft, the upcoming drafts, and put those positions, defensive end, defensive tackle, interior offensive line in the play yeah well you know something you have to look at no doubt um you know and that's why they could be in play for an offensive lineman not necessarily in the first round but you know as the draft rolls along maybe even on the second day uh, you know because kelsey and lane johnson are both 
you know, in their thirties now. And you look at the defensive line, Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, year to year now, really he's in his thirties, Brandon Graham. I, you know, it's all well and good to say, I want to play 15 years, but you, you have to show that you can go out and, you know, be successful and can, you know, contribute for those next three seasons that he has left before he hits that, that mark. And, I, I don't know. I mean, he's 34 now and he, he has the Achilles and, you know, he's known for his explosion, you know, off the line of scrimmage. And, and we'll see if he can, you know, achieve that. I, I, I don't know. Eventually, your father time wins out unless you're Tom Brady. And, uh, you know, you can, you can talk all you want that, you know, I want to play 15 years, but you've got to go out and show that you can still be a contributing player. And, you know, I'm still the jury's not out on Brandon as much as I like him you know, personally off the field and stuff. I mean, he, he needs to go out and show that he can be as effective as he once was. And, you know, let's fit, uh, uh, he's never had a double digit sack season, right? I mean, yeah. in 12 years, he's never had 10 sacks and, you know, is he going to threaten that mark or is he going to be a five sack guy? And you need more from your defensive ends, in my opinion. All right, Eddie, last one for me, knowing what kind of a Vegas guy you are, what tickets do you already have lined up to what shows next weekend in Las Vegas? Are you going to be playing the secondary ticket market? <laughs> well, you know, Lady Gaga is in Vegas until May 1st. Uh, yeah. Another two is she in the, the Novacare Media House? Then maybe <laughs> we'll get to see her. <laughs> no, I, I think we'll have Jordan Mulata playing the ukulele is what I'll be. That's not bad. Jordan no, could say. That. That's not bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Bob. That. Yeah, but I'll be Jody. I'll be in Philadelphia with John. I mean, it's yeah, no yeah, sense. Going out Vegas. You didn't get the Vegas assignment. You didn't talk your way into the Vegas assignment, Kratz. <laughs> we'll have no. a couple people out there, but it won't be me. I really didn't put in for it. I mean, I the best place to be is right here in good yeah. old Philadelphia, and until they put the COVID coming. lab right next to us, so I'm a little worried about that. We're ground zero. Bro. Speaking of which, did you see this? I just saw this this morning. Not like Ed Kratz, not going to be in Vegas for the draft. Mel Kuyper. Yeah, he didn't get vaccinated. Mel can't go. He didn't get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. So he's got to sit back. Now, that doesn't fit the the usual grouping of who does and doesn't get vaccinated. More young people uh, don't uh, don't believe in the vaccine. Mel's a 60-year-old guy who took a stand and goes, no, 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 no. I don't need this vaccination stuff. Maybe he just wants some crab cakes. He's in Maryland. He'll have some fun. Just stay stay at home. You never go wrong with crab cakes. But I'll, I'll end it here with Ed because he's got to run down to the Novacare Complex. Uh, follow him on, on online Twitter, at kratzysi.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Find Ed's coverage, my coverage there. We'll have all the news about Howie and Nick. No, Andy Weidel. Uh, conspiracy theory. So let's end it there. Uh, Ed, is Andy Weidel going to be the next GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think there's a real good shot, yeah. Um, Jody could be right. This could be the phasing out of Andy Weidel uh, at, at this stage, and he could be, you know, on a one-way ticket to Pittsburgh on May 1st or whenever the – you know, I guess it's May 1st. Yeah, Sunday. May 1st, yeah. Yeah, you know, I know Jerry Dulac, he, he and I used to work together uh, when we were at the Pittsburgh Press years and years ago. Uh, so, yeah, he is a plugged-in uh, plugged in dude. So, uh, you know, I believe that it, he very well could be Pittsburgh-bound, no doubt. Eddie, good stuff. Always a pleasure, bud. Uh, safe over to the Novacare Complex. And you don't need a mask anymore because the NFL has decided COVID's over and done with. So 
keep that smiling face out there. Yeah, but the... bring one anyway, because Philadelphia is the, is the mask man. I don't even know anymore. What well, they showed a shot from the Sixers game, you know, game two Monday night, I think, and there, there was like five people in a crowd of twenty thousand people that were wearing yeah. masks. So I. Yeah. I don't know what, what the rules are. and There's, there's no up. choice. It's yeah, up to no. you, Ed Kratz. Wow. Uh, thanks thanks for coming on with us today, buddy. Appreciate thanks, it. Guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Ed. Ed Kratz here with us on uh, Birds 365. My my wife is a done with the whole COVID thing. She's she's more NFL than she knows uh, that COVID <laughs> is actually over and done with. Um, sure enough, she uh, came back on a plane over the weekend, and they dropped the mask mandate on Monday. She flew on Sunday. Hasn't flown for, what, three years, four years, five years? However long it's been, she gets on a plane, got to wear a mask. Sunday, eh, Monday, no more masks necessary around the country. You know, if there's one place I might not mind wearing a mask, it's it's on a plane. Planes are disgusting, Jed. There is just germ-infested, and you're in this tube. There's nowhere you can go. I, I don't mind it on the plane. Now, I don't want it in the airports, and it's it's the opposite now. And where some some, some airports still have it, you got to get on the plane, you plane, you can talk, which makes no sense. The whole thing has made no sense, but it's it's all about mindset. And I would, yeah, prefer not to wear a mask on a plane for one simple reason I'm a little claustrophobic, and a plane. Well, yeah. Is a little bit tight knit to begin with, yeah. anyway. So I would really like to breathe free in a claustrophobic, uh, tight knit place to begin with. Uh, but I haven't been on a plane in four years myself, so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, Johnny Mack be flying all over, all over the country, following the Eagles this year. He's flying down to the Novacare Complex. We'll come back and talk about if we can learn anything from the Eagles with their last media availability before the draft next here on Birds Three Sixty Five. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. Yes, we will ask one more time today. Hit that like button, share, and subscribe to uh, the Birds 365 guys here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We could always use a little pat on the back. Some guys need a kick in the you know where, and others need a pat on no, the back. I need a pat on the back, Jody. I need you. pats on the, on the back. I don't need uh, a kick in the ass. In the th- ass. There are times that I need both. And I've had some good coaches in life that have uh, been able to determine when that was the correct time to go which direction, and other coaches nah, that couldn't coach. I'm a their delicate way out flower. I need pa- need pause enforcement. I'm I'm a guy who can every once in a while benefit from a kick in the tail. But uh, today would not be one of those days. We need you to like us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. Hit that button for us. I uh, yes, I mentioned this earlier in the show, and John confirmed during the show that Andy Weidel will not be part of the contingent talking to the media today. I thought there was a possibility that that would be the case, that he is uh, already entrenched in making the change to Pittsburgh after the draft is over and done with. And if that is the case, want to wish him the best of luck. He's joining a pretty good organization. They got to find a quarterback. Yeah. So I don't know that they're going to be great next year, but it's a very good organization to work because they do stand behind their people and give them long periods of time to prove that they can or can't get the job done. And the reason why I believe this, Johnny, is if you're Howie Roseman and it's his show today, let's not kid ourselves. It's the Howie Roseman show and he will determine who is up there with him and uh, who he's going to allow to uh, speak about the Eagles' upcoming draft other than himself. If Andy Weidel was okay to talk to, I want Andy Weidel up there with me because that's one last question that I have to answer. Any question that goes Andy Weidel's way, I don't have to answer it. So that's a good thing. Well, it could, it, could be, it could be Oxum's razor, which is the simplest explanation is usually the right one. He just might be out sick. That's what the Eagles said. Um, it's possibility. I mean, uh, I will say the tradition is dating back to when Joe Douglas came in was to have all three, um, the head coach, uh, the vice president of player personnel and Howie. And every year, even through COVID, it's been that way, you know, via zoom, uh, during the COVID times, but Andy, this will be the first year since since Andy the job that he will not be doing this. So, you know, people get sick. So I'll, when I get down there, I'll try to, uh, you know, see if it's real, see if it's a conspiracy. There are conspiracies as well. 
<laughs> so, but I mean, it could be as simple as he's not feeling well. So, all right, let me let me give you one more speculative one. Uh, you're right, and Sirianni is there, and if Andy Weidel is there, I think that pretty much guarantees that Sirianni's going to be there because how he's not going to sit up there by himself. Oh, Nick's going to be there. Yeah, Nick's going to be there. Yeah, uh, I got to believe one of the questions for Nick is going to be. In this year's draft class, the wide receivers who are available, do you have a prerequisite for a specific type of wide receiver, either playing a position or a physical makeup, balancing with the uh, wide receivers you already have here, that uh, unbelievably uh, huge upgrade of Zach Pascal into the wide receiver room? Um, is there a specific type of wide receiver that you're looking for? You think Nick answers that question and gives you a straight answer? No. Well, he's answered it a hundred times. He's going to give the same answer. No, we want all our guys to play every position. So you have to play X, you have to play Z, you have to play the slot, blah, blah, blah. That's what he always says. That's what he said consistently since he's gotten here. He says it behind the scenes as well. Um, and, you know, I call shenanigans on that i mean in it, it it would be nice to have an action an actual and that's what some of the fans are talking about when they talk about all sean jeffrey or jake uh, drake london or it would be nice to have that you know if you can guarantee you're getting mike evans or you know you know somebody of that nature it would be nice to have that to complement what you have in Devonte smith but i think the eagles are at the point of we just got to find a the best receiver and let the, the the fall where they may when you're really really good maybe you can focus it down in that way but right. i don't think the eagles are in that position right when you've got a roster that's already loaded and you're just yeah. drafting for depth at positions you can get a lot more specific and go yes we want this guy with these characteristics because it bounces well with our roster the Eagles aren't there. They, they they need to fill some holes with this year's uh, draft picks, and uh, they've got a couple of them, D-line being one of them. Um, I know how there's another one, Howie's not going to answer, so I'm asking John McMullen instead. The end, DT. If they've got two players with basically the same grade on the board at either 15, if they take a different position at 15, wide receiver, cornerback, safe, not going to be safety because Kyle Hamilton's not going to drop to him. But they take either a corner or a wide receiver. They go outside rather than inside. They return to their roots and their DNA and go back in to the trenches with their second pick. If it's a DT or a DN and it's the same grade on the board, which way do you think they're going? Oh, I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to think a player would be uh, who those players would be with the same grade at the top. Let's say it's uh, I'll give you the two guys, Karloftis and Wyatt. Yeah, that's what I was. That's where I was going to go. Because if you you if you want, let's say they have Hutchinson one or or Walker one, and the other one would be two, Thibodeau three. Um, Johnson four, Davis five. Then, then you'd be down to Wyatt or Carlotis. I would think they would take. Boy, that's a tough one. I I haven't sensed, like I said earlier in the show, I haven't sensed any interest in Carlotis, but I would take Carlotis over over Devonte Wyatt. Um, and, um, I've sensed more interest in Wyatt, but you you mentioned some of those things coming out in recent days that might factor into it. 
but I personally would rather have Karloftis uh, if those were my options. Options. And I did see one report because uh, the first time I saw any question about him potentially falling, and I'm talking about Devontae Wyatt, uh, falling down draft boards was uh, yesterday morning. And I did a little bit more research uh, last night and this morning as well. I did see one report where he had a domestic violence incident. Well, that could be it. That could no, be no, ma- no major details on when or how big an incident it was. Um, we know for a fact that he didn't get caught on video because if he did, it would be everywhere. And yeah, that, that can be a career ending type thing. If you get caught on video with a domestic violence in it. So we don't know, uh, to what extent it, it was, or even when it came down, but a couple different outlets have reported that are, there are teams that have certainly soured on Devante White. And he was one of the first guys the Eagles brought in. We we continue to stay on top of the pre-draft visits, and yeah, they could still do them even this week leading up to the draft. Why it was one of the early guys they came in. And, yeah, today, uh, by the way, is the last day for the top thirty thirty visits. Is today the last day? I thought it was over the weekend. No, today is the last day um, for the top thirty visits. So we haven't gotten. I I think I was at eighteen, nineteen. So there's a a bunch no. That the Eagles brought in, brought in, and been able to uncover. But today is the final day. I think Kenny Pickett's out in Detroit. I think uh, you know everybody's focused on the corner quarterbacks. Uh, I just saw. I think Ian tweeted it. I'll try to find it real quick. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, oh, uh, Matt Corral visiting the Falcons. Malik Willis is visiting the Steelers. Kenny Pickett is visiting the Lions. And today's the last day for top 30 pre drafts. All right. I'm going to make a uh, prediction right here, right now, about a player that will be taken in a spot in the upcoming NFL draft. Matt Corral to the Detroit Lions on the 37 pick because uh, that last pick in the first round is one that we've seen it happen before. Take a quarterback, get that extra year. Don't have to worry about him walking away after four. You get to uh, pick up the option on that last year. The Lions need a QB. They're not taking a quarterback at two, even though they had Malik Willis in. Well, I'd be- love to see it. Boy, I'd love to see the, the uproar. Oh. Oh, you get the big, big, uh, I see it just it, throw it, everybody's It would be drama packed yeah, if a quarterback yeah. went to two, as we've all badmouthed the quarterback class all year long. Uh, no, I do not believe the Lions are taking quarterback at two, but they will be taking one at 32. And I think Matt Corral is going to be that guy. So he's going to be able to say for his entire career, first round uh, draft pick. Uh, of the Desmond Detroit Ritter Lions, better. But- Desmond Ritter better go before that then, because I that's where I got Desmond Ritter going thirty two. I think he's higher uh, on NFL teams boards. Um, he seems to be really well liked around the league, and I think that surprises a lot of people. I think I think it's because more advanced from a progression standpoint. Sort of things G Cobb talked about, you know. You got to be able to read defenses, and I think he and Kenny Pickett are more advanced uh, in in that part of the game than the other. 
young quarterbacks. Mm, yeah, I'm a, uh, sorry. I like uh, Matt Corral's upside and potential better than, than I do Desmond Ritter's. But we'll see. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Ritter is uh, seems to be a darling of a couple of teams. So we'll see if one of them at the late in the late first round, even before 32, decides to call out his name. All right, I'm calling out your name. Do join me tomorrow right here on Birds 365. You in, McMullen? I'm in. Hopefully I make it back. Gotta Safe. go out. Gotta go out, Jody. Yeah, grab that mask just in case. Safe uh, down to the uh, Novacare complex. Yes, you'll get that much more with trying to read between Howie Roseman's lines right here on Birds 365 tomorrow in two and two. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.